Oh, me. I hope you got your Bible and you will turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to be reading not only verses 22 to 26, but leave it open to that chapter because we're going to be reading some verses above that. Um, maybe after we spent seven weeks on John 15 where Jesus talked about abiding in him and he in us and we would bear much fruit for him. Maybe you thought we were going to get past the fruit bearing. But folks, I, I could not get away from these uh, verses and I just want to talk and this will probably take just a couple of Sundays to do this. But I want us to look at the fruit and please notice that that is singular and I'm going to mention that again in, in a, a couple of times probably. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. How many times have I read these verses to you? Have you read them? How many times have we heard these verses, but have we got them flowing through us because the Spirit of God is giving us this fruit? And so uh, let the Word speak to you today, okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the worship service, and Lord, I thank you that you're here and, Lord, I thank you that if we do not receive a blessing, it's because we have not heard from you and allowed you to speak to our hearts. So, Father, please allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct the words that I say. And, Lord, may we all hear a word from you, and may we make a decision to allow the Holy Spirit to bear fruit through us as your children, as your followers. In Jesus' name, amen. Follow with me as I read Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 26. And notice that first word, but. That word always marks a contrast to what has been said before. And so we're going to go back in just a few minutes and read the verses before that. But listen to this. But the fruit, singular, of the Spirit, and you've heard these nine things so many times, but let me read them again. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, we're Christians. We belong to him, correct? Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. Remember, when we got started talking about what God wants to do through us, bearing fruit and all, the key is our dying and Christ becoming alive in us. And remember we've mentioned Galatians 2.20 so many times where Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And again, he's talking about this concept of our old nature before we trusted Christ, of being put to death and the new nature in Christ being seen and lived out in our life. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us have no self-conceit, no provoking of one another, uh, no envy of one another. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we daily and sometimes folks moment by moment make choices out of how, as to how we will live. And I believe that in, in Galatians chapter 5, Paul describes in very distinct ways these choices on how to live. Living, number one, by the desires of the flesh, and Paul describes this in verses 16 to 21. And I'm going to read these verses out of the Living Bible, okay? This is choice number one. You and I can live this way. If we so choose, listen to this, Galatians 5, 16 to 21, I advise you, listen to this, I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's 
instructions. That's a powerful statement right there, isn't it? How many voices are yelling, screaming at us as to how we should live right now? And Paul says, I advise you to obey only the Holy Spirit's instructions. He will tell you where to go, what to do. And then you won't always be doing the wrong things your evil nature wants you to do. For we naturally, listen to this, verse 17, for we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite. And please notice here that Paul is going to use this expression, just the opposite, two times in this verse. And please notice what he's saying. Human nature's control equals evil. The Holy Spirit's control of our lives equals godly living and serving Christ. And Paul is going to say in verse 17 that these two are in direct opposition. Let me read again this verse. For we naturally love to do the evil things that are just the opposite from the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit has his way with us are just the opposite of our natural desires. These two forces within us. And again, remember. You and I are like Jacqueline and Hyde. There's the godly side, the Christ-like side. There's that old evil nature that had been saved and changed by Christ. But if we, we yield back to that, we'll begin to live that old sinful way. These two evil forces within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us, and our wishes are never free from their pressures. When you are guided by the Holy Spirit, now again, you're guided by the Holy Spirit. When you're guided by the Holy Spirit, you need, no longer, uh, you need no longer force yourself to obey Jewish laws. And, of course, he is speaking to Christians who have been born into Christ out of Judaism. And listen to verse 19. But, and again, he, he is marking a contrast. But when you follow your own inclinations, what is he saying here? When me is in control. And remember again, he is speaking to Christians, folks. He is speaking to the church at Galatia. These are folks that have been born again to the kingdom of God. Don't you and I ever dare think that we're above temptation. We're above falling back into the old way because we are not. And this is a day-to-day -day challenge for the believer. It really is. Some of us need to wake up and understand we're in a war. Satan is trying to rule, self is trying to rule, and Jesus Christ is saying, let me live in and through you. Paul says, but when you follow your own inclinations, you will, your lives will produce these evil results. Now listen, here again, he's speaking to Christians. Listen to what he says, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, spiritualism, that is encouraging the activity of demons. Now, you know, I'd never thought about this until I read this, this, this translation in the Living Bible. You know, sometimes, even as Christians, we are encouraging the activity of demons in our lives. That's a hard statement, isn't it? But it, isn't it true? And listen to what else he says. Hatred, fighting, jealousy, anger, constant effort to get the best for yourself. Now, what is that? That's self-centeredness. And folks, believe it or not, I believe all of us are wrapped up in wanting to get the best for ourselves. Complaints, criticisms, how many of us does that describe? The feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group and there will be wrong doctrines. He continues in verse 21, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties, and all that sort of thing. 
Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Folks, Paul paints a pretty ugly picture of the born-again believer who is living outside the power and guidance of the Holy Spirit and is living for me and self again. And you say, can that happen? Folks, it happens every day, doesn't it? Some of this sin perhaps doesn't describe you and me, but many of it does if we would be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. But, folks, here's, here's the good news. Here's the good news. The second choice is living by the Holy Spirit's power and control. And let me read those verses again that we read earlier, verse 22 to 26 from the Living Bible. And listen to what Paul says in verse 22, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives. Let me point something out that, that just really dawned on me this past week in preparing this message. Our old sinful nature cannot produce spiritual fruit. Let me say that again. I think that is one of the most profound statements, not because I'm saying it, because it's a biblical truth. Our old sinful nature cannot produce spiritual fruit that gives glory and honor to Christ and bears witness for him. And folks, you and I have got to constantly again guard against living like we did before we got right with God. And it's a big temptation. We just kind of throw things, caution to the wind, as long as we, you know, can put on a front in front of Christians. I'm guilty of that as a Christian. I'm guilty of that as a pastor. Folks, look, God knows our heart. God knows what's going on within us. God knows who's in control. But when the Spirit of God controls us, listen to what will be produced. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And here there is no conflict with Jewish laws. Those, look at verse 24, those who belong to Christ. Do we belong to him? If so, are we yielded to him as if we belong to him? You know, I was telling a story about the young man at Lowe's that stole the stuff, and, and, and that thing has just really burdened me, not only about that young man, but I'm wondering what I'm stealing from God. Now, think about this for just a second. Don't we steal our time? How many of us can manufacture a breath a moment of life outside the blessing and providence of God. God watched over us while we were asleep. You know that. He woke us up. He really did. I mean, the alarm clock helped too, yeah. But look, the gift of life is something that God gives us for his glory. Are we giving it back to him or robbing him and saying, God, this is my time, this is my life. I'll determine when I'll allow you to bear fruit through me. How about our hearts? You know, I love, back when I was in college, I guess it was the navigators that had a little track, the four spiritual laws, and one of the diaphragm, uh, diagrams, uh, the diaphragm is a turkey call, okay? That's what I had on my mind. Uh, the, the diagram had a little throne in your heart. And, and when sin is in control, we're not living for Christ and Jesus has been moved off of the throne. Well, folks, you and I cannot bear fruit for God's kingdom until Jesus is on the throne of our hearts. So those who belong to Christ have given themselves 
to Christ. Where was I at? Let's see verse, uh, those who belong to Christ, verse 24, have nailed their natural desires, evil desires to his cross and crucified them there. And again, the concept of, of crucifixion. Uh, verse 25, if we're living now by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Then we won't need to look for honors and popularities which lead to jealousy and hard feelings. And folks, please notice, as we're living for Christ, there's no self-promotion, there's no self-glorification because who are we promoting? Who are we glorifying? Remember what Jesus said back in John 15, if we're bearing fruit, we are giving glory to the Father and proving that we are his disciples. So when the Holy Spirit of God is in control, we promote Christ and we, and we glorify Christ. Folks, before we get into these verses, I want to point out at least six truths from Scripture for you and I as Christians. And I think these are very important. And I hope and pray that, that they'll make contact with you, and I hope and pray they'll make contact with me. Truth number one, you and I as Christians don't need to be enslaved to our sinful nature as a Christian. Now, again, folks, understand this. Christ wants to give us the victory, but we choose on a day-to-day -day basis, will we serve Christ, will we serve ourselves? And Paul gave one of the greatest examples of how this can take place in Romans chapter 7, verses 15 to 24. And just listen as I read these, uh, these passages of Scripture, these verses of Scripture. And I hope that you'll write these down, okay? Or, or this passage of Scripture down and study them. And again, remember, this is the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest uh, evangelists, one of the greatest missionaries, one of the greatest preachers and pastors, but he struggled every day in his walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul struggle will struggle and listen to what he says verse 15 I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want but but I do the very thing I hate now if I do what I do not want I agree that the law is good so then it is no longer I that do it but sin that dwells in me now again please I believe this goes back to the illustration of the little track I mentioned earlier sin can crowd out the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit in our life as a Christian. Now again, folks, I hope, I hope that you, you really, you're really uh, believing that what I'm telling you is the truth because I think it happens to us on a day-to-day -day basis. And this is what Paul says, verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh, in the old sinful nature. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. Folks, when you and I leave church and, and so often we desire to be, uh, be on fire for Christ. We desire to serve him. We want to be a witness wherever we go. But our sinful nature tries to take over. And again, it's a constant battle. Don't throw up your hands and surrender and quit. Folks, let the Spirit of God be in control and bear fruit for us, through us. Verse 19, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. So I find it a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my innermost part, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin which dwells in my members. Now, at this point, you and I could say, well, look, there's no use in even trying. If, if sin is so powerful, if there's a war going on inside of me, then why should I try and live the Christian life? 
Well, here's the answer, verse 25. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Folks, Christ will give us the victory. You know, if I didn't believe that, I'd just throw my hands up and quit. I'd just stop reading the Bible and praying and coming to church and trying to do anything in Jesus' name. If Satan has already won, but he hasn't. He is a defeated foe. He was defeated at the cross. And we must nail that old sinful nature to our cross that we're carrying so that we can live in Christ. That's the first truth. We don't have to be enslaved to our sinful nature as Christians. The second truth is this. When we are abiding in Christ, and where do we study that? Seven weeks in John 15. When we're abiding in Christ, we are freed from our sinful desires and live in the power and freedom of Christ. But it will be a battle. But folks, listen to these two verses, John 14, 16, and 17. And as you know, these are verses that Jesus is telling the disciples. He's told them that he must go away, but he's trying to assure them that as he is not present, that God's going to send the Holy Spirit. And listen to these verses. I will pray the Father. He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. And underscore this last phrase. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And folks, I want to tell you the victory is already in us because the spirit of God promised by Jesus has come and dwelt in our heart when we were born into the kingdom of God. Is he the one that is navigating, empowering, strengthening us? And that's the real question right there. But folks, when we're abiding in Christ, we're freed from these sinful desires. Third truth. In Galatians 5, verses 22 to 26, that we've read twice, Paul describes the Holy Spirit's power at work in us. Now, if we believe if we believe the word of God, then we must believe that the Holy Spirit is more powerful than our evil desires and sin. And here's number four. And this is what I really wanted to, uh, wanted to, uh, there's the next two is things that I really want you to see. Okay, number four, it is important, and this is out of the Bible knowledge commentary, it is important to observe that the fruit described here is not produced by the believer, but by the Holy Spirit working through a Christian who is in union with Christ. So often, folks, we take credit, don't we? I mean, we love to take credit. I'm, I'm guilty of that. Oh, man, look what I did. If I did anything good in Christ-like, it was not me. It was the power of Christ living in me. That's what Paul says. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Folks, are we giving God the glory and the honor? So often we do, we brag about ourselves, about our church, about our Sunday school class, and I'm glad you do. That's good. You must really like it. But, folks, the credit should go to the Lord because without his power, we cannot produce this spiritual fruit. Amen. We as believers cannot produce the fruit until Christ is in control of us. He is the one producing the fruit. Now, number five, look at this. In verse 22, I want to tell you something. I've been preaching a long time, as you know, and I'm not just talking about this one sermon. I'm talking about many years, all right? I've been preaching a long time. But I'd always said the fruits, the fruits, plural. And it finally dawned on me, that's not what Paul says. 
in verse 22, Paul uses fruit in singular form, which means the nine fruits that he mentioned are a package deal. When the Holy Spirit is in control of our lives, these nine fruit will flow out of it. Let me, if you will, go back just for a second, Mackenzie. Thank you. A package deal. Have you ever bought a, a vehicle and they said, well, man, this thing's got a package. We got all the bells and whistles. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gone someplace and they said, this meal's with all the trimmings? Let me ask you something. I have been so guilty of itemizing these nine gifts and praying for individual ones to be a part of my Christian character. That's not what Paul's saying here. Paul says it's a package deal. When you and I yield ourselves over to Christ and his Holy Spirit begins to take control of us, all of these nine things will flow through us. If these nine things are not flowing through us, then we've got an issue, correct? We're not yielded to the Holy Spirit. And let me ask you something. How many of us have said, well, here's one I'd like, one that I really don't like? What's the name of that country song? I know it's not Christian. You know, it's about the, about the girl whose boyfriend has left her. And I know it's not Christian, but I keyed his car and I messed up his seed because her boyfriend had gone to another, another girl. Have y'all heard that song? Obviously you hadn't. I can tell by the look on your face. Uh, I don't, I'm not making that up, all right? But how, many, how much stuff do we do say, well, I know I ought to do that as a Christian, but I really don't want to do it. Folks, look, if the Spirit of God gets in control of us, we're going to be a Christian with all the trimmings. <laughs> now, you just think about that for just a second. There'll be no doubt that who we serve. And that leads us to the sixth truth that I want to mention, okay? And this is going to seem so strange as I read this one verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Let me tell you what the truth is first. The fruit is Christ lived out in the life of the believer, and this is when people really see Christ in us. And let me read this verse to you, 2 Corinthians 3.18. It's out of the Living Bible. But we Christians have no veil over our faces. We can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him. Let me tell you the background of that passage of Scripture. If you go back, Mackenzie. When Moses met with God and he would come to the people, his face would be so bright in appearance. You remember that passage of Scripture? I think it's Exodus 33. I got it written down somewhere. But when, when Moses would be in the presence of the Lord and God would speak to him and give him the Ten Commandments and other things that he was to share with the people... When he would come back out to the people, you know what they'd say? Moses, put a veil over your face. You're scaring us. They'd never seen anything like that before. I believe that Paul is saying that our lives should be so Christ-magnifying, if I could use that word, a word that we use in today's world is transparent, that you and I as born-again believers would be so transparent that people can see Jesus Christ in us and we wouldn't have to go around waving a banner or holding a Bible saying, I'm a Christian. They would see Jesus in us. 
How does that happen? Well, Paul, I believe, is describing it in the choice that we make to be filled with the Spirit's control and bear fruit, the whole package deal. And that's these nine things. I know you get tired of hearing me say this. Give me just a couple more minutes because I want to get through the next point and we'll close, okay? So often as Christians, we dwell on what we do not do, such as evil and sin. And I think that's right. There's some things that you and I as Christians we should not do. But Paul here is emphasizing what we should do as Christians. And what you and I should do as Christians is produce living fruit. Let me point something out that I'd never, ever considered. When the Spirit of God begins to bear fruit in us, the fruit that the Spirit bears in us has in it the seed to bear more fruit. And let me try it. I know that didn't make a lot of sense, did it? Let me get you to go back to Genesis chapter 1. I'm sorry, Mackenzie, if you'll go forward now. Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. And you might say, this doesn't have anything to do with Galatians 5, but I don't know. Listen to this. In creation, God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind upon the earth, and it was so. Is there another verse? Mackenzie. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Now, what in the world does that mean? In God's original design in nature, the tree, the fruit tree would have within itself fruit that would bear seed that would lead to more seeds and more fruit continuously. Correct? Acorns are going to start falling, and in some of your natural areas and some of your flower gardens, little small oak trees are going to start forming. Maple trees, pine trees. Why? Because in the parent tree, there was seed in the fruit that produced more fruit. Think about this for just a second. When you and I are under the control of Christ, empowered by his spirit, and remember again from John 15, Jesus said, I want you to bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. Folks, when you and I begin to have this love that's mentioned in Galatians 5, what happens? It spreads out, doesn't it? You become a loving person. If you love someone in the love of Christ, that places love in their life that they're going to want to pass on to others. When you and I have this joy, that joy is passed on to others. When you and I have that peace, we pass it on in patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. Folks, listen. Let me give you an example of this. Christian parents pass on spiritual seed in their children. And I want to make a statement that, that, that even burdens my soul. If we're born again Christian parents, then we should not see our children die and go to hell because we have passed on to them the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's born seed in their heart. They must make the decision. 
And here's my point, folks. When you and I are under the control of the Spirit of God, we're scattering seeds everywhere. And that's why I believe that early church that started with 120 people has over the years numbered, and I'm sure billions of people knowing Christ because what happened in their hearts and souls was passed on through the work of the Holy Spirit. And they got the package deal, and it went on throughout the world. I don't even know if this sermon's made sense to you yet this morning. But, folks, I believe that God wants to put a package in us And it's a package that produces spiritual fruit, that produces seeds, that helps others turn to the Lord and know him and then live in victory because of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Folks, don't we need an awakening in Christianity today to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and to begin to bear fruit? Not fruits, but fruit. It's a package deal. And I hope in this coming week you'll examine these nine things. Not just a couple I'm hoping that you and I will have, but the whole package. Let us pray. Father, I pray that your word will find a home in our hearts. God, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is a light, Lord, unto our path if we will just let it light our way. Lord, some of us, probably most of us on a day-to-day basis, we struggle with sins of our past. We struggle because, first of all, Satan continues to put those things in our path so that we will not live for you as a true witness and we'll become discouraged and we'll give up and we'll just let the norm that was in our life before we were saved become the norm in our life after we're saved. But, Father, I just pray for all of us, myself, Lord, I pray that we'll yield to the Spirit of God and we'll let you empower us so that we will be bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. Lord, these nine things are so important in our Christian character and our Christian walk. And if we would just bear these, Lord, people would be pointed towards you we know that we cannot make the decision for them but lord we could be instruments in your hand to lead them to you so we pray that that would be done and father help us to win the victory in our day-to-day living lord there's so much discouragement in the world right now but father help us as the church to know that the one who is within us is greater than the one that's in the world And, Father, give us supernatural power so that we can do supernatural things that will give honor and glory to you. Help us, Lord, to turn from sin and to turn to the power of your your spirit. Lord, awaken us to know that the spirit of God lives in us. And as we yield to him, you'll work through us. Lord, this morning we pray in these moments of invitation that your spirit would lead and, Lord, I pray that if you're, if you're knocking on someone's heart to lead them to your son as their Savior, that they'll make that decision and trust him. And I pray for us as Christians, Father, that if we haven't given it all to you, that we will, and that the Holy Spirit would knock on the door of our hearts. Lord, may we not rob you of, of our hearts, but may we give ourselves completely and totally to you. 
If you speak, Father, I pray that we'll move. And if you don't speak, I pray that we'll stand still. But, Father, I pray that we would allow your spirit to speak to our needs this day. For we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Our hymn this morning is number 503, Now I Belong to Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful song. Again, as the Spirit of God leads, would you come? Let us stand. Thank you.